This episode of Tales from Ostlantis is brought to you by Ostlantis Premium. Don't you just hate having your favorite podcast interrupted by ads like this? Well, dear listener, you're in luck. Because starting at just three bucks a month, you can support independent Chicano media and receive ad-free episodes, premium episodes, bonus content, and access to our Discord server. Just visit talesfromastlantis.com and click Go Premium, or follow the link in the show notes. And now, on with the show. You must excuse me. I've grown quite weary. This hasn't been easy, I know. But you've learned a lesson. A lesson in honesty. Honesty to yourself and honesty to others. That lesson will stand you in good stead all your life. I think we've all learned a good lesson. I've always heard that honesty is the best policy. Now I'm catching on to why that's so, to why that's so, to why that's so. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to yet another premium episode of Tales from Astlantis. We are your hosts, Curly Tlapoyawa. And Tlacateca. So how are you doing, man? Chilling. Trying to stay cool in these dog days of summer. Yeah, well, you, you guys have all the, the rolling blackouts in Texas going on now, right? I know. Thanks, Governor Wheels. <laughs> That's what we call him over here. That's got to suck, man. It is so hot. Like Today, we went on a walk and, you know, just the the heat is bad enough, but we have like this roundabout near the end of our street. And so it's all asphalt and you could feel the heat just coming off that asphalt as you got closer to the roundabout it's yeah crazy man it's so hot out here i mean you just step out and you feel like you're you're just cooking like outside like like your brain is just like boiling and like your body just you know there's people get headaches just from being outside it's how that's how hot it is over here at least in this part of texas there's some parts of texas where it's been raining the last couple of days and so they're not getting the extreme temperatures that we're getting up here in north texas but man it has been unbearable we've we've been i think this is like today was day 18 or 19 of straight triple digits i remember i remember when i lived there they I think it was a record at the time. That's what I remember. It was like a hundred days over a hundred degrees. And it was freaking insane. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I our, do remember um, that. <laughs> yeah. You remember that one? And we were um, tripping out because when we got there, it was so hot. Our um, The dashboard of our car melted. Jeez. That's how hot it was. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. I believe it. So on today's premium episode, I figured we'd watch this little video and, you know, normally I'm not one for the TEDx talks because they just kind of seem to let whoever <laughs> talk right. on these things now. But um, yeah, TEDx used to be something, it used to mean something. Now it's like anyone and their mother can just hop on and say nonsense and yeah, they're a TEDxer now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Now they've, they're part of that club, right? It used so. to be... Um, but I think the, the regular TED Talks are still held to a, a higher standard, right? Don't they? Um, I have no idea. I don't keep up with it. So No. Because I think the 
because the TEDx is like the local community TED Talks, and then the TED Talks are like a separate thing that okay. um, are allegedly held to a higher higher standard. Like they vet allegedly. the people more. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, don't quote me on that. Please do not quote me on that. <clears throat> but today, well, tonight, uh, I figured we'd watch this TEDx talk um, by Sarah Kernick, and it's called Aliens and Archaeology. Why do we get history wrong on purpose? So let me read the little uh, description that goes along with the video. It states, did the aliens build the Egyptian pyramids? Did survivors from the lost continent of Atlantis invent, invent hieroglyphic writing? No. <laughs> but massively popular television shows, books, and movies perpetrate, perpetuate, good grief, these claims. In this surprising talk, archaeologist Sarah Kernick explains why pseudo-archaeology is dangerous and how we should think about the past instead. Dr. Sarah Kernick is an associate professor of anthropology at the University of Colorado Boulder. She's specializing in the ancient Maya and her research focuses on the creation, perpetuation, and negation of institutionalized social inequality. Well, that's a mouthful. Her primary interests include the role of the past in shaping the present and how archaeology can foster positive social change. Since 2014, she has co-directed a community archaeology project at the site of Punta Laguna in the Yucatan Peninsula of Mexico. She lives in Boulder. So let's see what old, old uh, Sarah Kernick has to say about well, she perpetrates pseudo-archaeology. Yeah, perpetrate. Don't be, don't perpetrate, per, per, perpetuate. <laughs> They're very similar looking, man. Don't perpetrate. <laughs> Can you hear that? Yep. A few years ago, a stranger sitting next to me on a plane asked what I did for a living. I told him that I'm an archaeologist and I study the ancient Maya. He said, "Wow, That's a trope, I love archaeology." Now? and told me how that excited I'm he on gets airplane when hearing bit. about new finds. Then he told me how amazing it is that aliens from the planet Nibiru had come to Earth and established the ancient Sumerian culture in Mesopotamia. You know, just like the Olmec's prophecy, according to... According to name? one individual. What's his name? <laughs> Chafalokor, or what's his name? <laughs> I remember that video. You know what? I can't find that video anymore. We need to find it. That should be that, that should be its own um, little discussion. But I remember just how adamant he was. Like Nibiru, Planet X, right? Uh, Planet X and Nibiru. Well, yeah, because it was just, like, and it was written right by the Omics, yeah. right? Like that's what he claimed that the Omics had prophesied that Planet X slash Nibiru was going to um, be seen in the year 2012 as one of the the signs of not necessarily the end of the world, but the end of the Maya count or and, and yeah, the, the bringing in of the new age. Hint, yeah. Hint. And I remember one of the things I remember from that video is he explained it like, you know, we all of the solar system goes around the sun horizontally in a circle. But Nibiru has a different uh, path and it travels vertically. And that's why we never see it. 
because it's so far away from us on a different trajectory that the orbit yeah. is like way and but now it's coming back around and it's going to collide with us because we're we're both going in the same direction now so, <sighs> so what um i guess i guess well uh, what's his name Zach de la Roca had it right when he was saying it's coming back around again. This is for the people of the sun. <laughs> this is for the people. I wonder if he was inspired by that. Like, yeah, that would make a good talk. Have these conversations <laughs> a lot. On planes, in bookstores, and in bars, people want to talk with me about pseudo-archaeology. Something that seems like archaeology, but isn't. It involves making wild and unproven claims about the human past. Things like aliens built the pyramids, or survivors from the lost continent of Atlantis invented hieroglyphic writing. Now, most of us know that claims like these are unfounded and frankly absurd. Or at least we should. Yet they're everywhere. They're on TV shows, in movies, and in books. Think of the History Channel series Ancient Aliens, currently in its 15th season. Or of the most recent Indiana Jones movie about the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Or Eric Von Daniken's classic book Chariots of the Gods, which has sold over 70 million copies. Here's the crucial question. Bullshit sells, man. Who cares? It's just entertainment, right? Isn't it a nice escape from reality and a fun way to think about the world? It's not. Most pseudo-archaeology is racist and xenophobic. And like other forms of entertainment, it influences our culture in real ways. Let me give you an example. It's common to hear pseudo-archaeologists claim that Groups like the ancient Egyptians or the ancient Maya accomplished incredible things, but only with the help of outside groups, like aliens or people from Atlantis. What you rarely hear is pseudo-archaeologists claiming that, say, Romans had helped building the Colosseum, or that Greeks had helped building the Parthenon. Why is that? For pseudo-archaeologists, Europeans could have accomplished their feats on their own, but non-Europeans must have had outside guidance. Claims like these are not just outrageous. They are offensive. Here, and in so many other instances, pseudo-archaeology sustains myths of white supremacy, disparages non-Europeans, and discredits their ancestors' achievements. Like, I've spent even the though last this is kind summers, of true, most people don't really like people who adamantly believe this stuff, even in spite of all the evidence that is presented to them that they encounter on their own because these people aren't stupid. Yeah, they choose to believe this stuff because it's kind of like a religion in, in a way. It's in it's a lot relig- of ways, it is. Yeah, it's very religiously, um, like in the in its thinking and its motivation is very religiously inclined. And so, just like religion, if you it's, it's based on belief and I guess in some kind of faith in, in, in their interpretation of the facts and the evidence, and any kind of 
counter evidence or actual evidence with more correct interpretations of of the, that evidence just doesn't fit the narrative that they want to push. So it's very disingenuous. I mean, a lot of the people that are pushing these these ideas, the, the pseudoscience, are basically making money. I mean, we talked about this when we were yeah. discussing uh, what's his name, Hancock. It's all about it's a business model, and I'm sure that deep down, you know, Hancock believes some of the nonsense that he spews. But you have to know that I mean, after decades of of pushing this this stuff, that that there's there's got to be a degree, a, a level of 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 um, critical thinking that that must take place with these people, and and they understand that what they're doing is wrong, and they just yeah. don't care because it's it's become a business model. The same way that a priest, even you know, even though after you know, say several decades, they finally realize that what there's that that the religion and the faith and all the stuff that they they've been pushing and 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 uh, um, sort of. You know, uh, proselytizing isn't necessarily true, but it's what else do they know to do? That's their lifestyle. Yeah. That's, that's that's their career. That's that's their livelihood. Yeah, and at this point, they, um, you know, if they fess up <laughs> or if they admit that they made a mistake, which would be the ethical thing to do, right? Yeah, right. Um, then they lose all their uh, their standing, their their followers, their money, their lifestyle. So it just gets easier and easier to perpetuate these things. And then their followers, you know, what I see happen a lot is once you're open to believing one thing, it just makes it easier to believe the next out there thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's this, it just perpetuates itself. Like, well, if I believe, you know, yeah, yeah chemtrails, those are, those are real. Yeah, conspiracy theories, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's how a lot of people get sucked into these rabbit holes is they start with one thing that's kind of innocuous and doesn't feel like it's it's doing any harm. But before you know it, you know, you've gone so deep down that hole that you end up believing in reptilians and yeah. deep state and, in you know, globalist, quote unquote, globalist. And we know what that means, right? Yeah. Yeah, it just makes it easier because people will ask me like, well, what's the harm, you know, in believing these things? Something that looks innocuous, right? Like you said, like, what's the harm in believing in Bigfoot or whatever, or the Loch Ness Monster? And I'm like, well, what it does is it it conditions you to to, to not question other things, right? So or to it, accept things without good evidence. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was getting at, that it makes you more susceptible to this kind of stuff. Yeah. And so it's it's like a gateway drug. The innocuous mm -hmm. stuff can be a gateway drug that just feeds into like really dangerous stuff, you know? Like And then before you know it, you're uh, storming the capital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of Tales from Atlantis. For a mere $3 a month, you will get access to our premium content every two weeks, as well as to the ever-expanding library of premium episodes. So visit talesfromastlantis.com and click Go Premium. Thank you for listening. Timo Itase. Thank you for listening to Tales from Atlantis, a project of the Chimali Institute of Mesoamerican Arts. 
If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter. You can do this by visiting talesfromastlantis.com and clicking support the podcast. Your continued support will help keep the podcast ad-free and independent. Until next time, Timo Itase.